Hi, a quick announcement before we begin. It'll be the last episode of The Lit Pickers really soon. And though that may seem really sad, we wanted to open the phone lines to you, the listeners. Well, actually, we don't have a phone line, but we have the internet. If you have any kind of reading, books, or literature-related questions, send it to us, and the Panchana and Supriya will answer as many as they can. You can send any question you have to us, either as text or a voice note, if you like. You can find us on Twitter, either look for Supriya or look for the Panchana, or you can find Made in India, that's M-A-E-D. You can also email us at contact at made.in, and that's M-A-E-D dot in. Also, if this seems really complicated, you can just go to our show notes. It's all written there. And now, on with the episode. Hi, welcome to The Lit Pickers. I'm Supriya Nair and... I'm the Panjana Pal. And today we're wondering um, how it is that you can emancipate an enslaved being by throwing a sock at them. Or other articles of clothing. Like, wouldn't you want to pay them reparations and perhaps give them an official apology? Or at least a cupcake? I w- you know, I'd, I'd go for a cupcake on the day of my freedom. Not if you're a house elf. Only a sock for you. What was that series even? I mean, it's been so many years. I, ha- I like many other people on this planet, have briefly fallen under its spell. By it, we're talking about Harry Potter, Hogwarts, and the general magical realm that J.K. Rowling... It is Rowling, right? It's not Rowling. It's a proper noun. I'll, we, I'll tell you, you what, you what, say Rowling, I'll say Rowling. And, and we'll say it in our poshest accents, because then how can it be wrong? Yeah, um, because okay. then everyone is right. JKR. <laughs> All right, JKR's world. Yeah, I just want to say JKR, what the... Uh, polite language, madam. <laughs> um, your accent will not save you. No, here's the thing, right? Harry Potter came out in uh, in a time... When there was a bit of a vacuum as far as children and YA fiction was concerned, not like people weren't publishing things, but was there even YA fiction back in the 1990s when she was a welfare mom writing in a cafe? By the way, that story is so inspiring. But coming back to the YA fiction bit, I know that this is way before her, but I do think people like Enid Blyton's um, boarding school series did qualify for YA fiction. You had the Nancy Drews, you had the Hardy Boys, you had uh, Sweet Valley High. So it's not like YA fiction didn't exist. Mm. But uh, these were far more pulpy Mm. um, and nothing had become quite as... Much of a sensation as Harry Potter has ended up to be. Yeah, because they didn't feature magic. Which is also kind of weird. I mean, you know, we're sitting in a room with uh, our engineer who's also read Harry Potter. And as he pointed out, if you have a spell to repair someone's spectacles, why the hell don't you have a spell to repair their eyes? So logically, first of all, it seems it seems harsh to expect magic to be logical. But here's the thing. Every world has an internal logic of its own. Right. And one of my major problems with the world of magic that JKR has created in the Potterverse is that it doesn't always add up. And the kind of backstories she offers to explain how things came about, they work even less. For example, the question of sanitation. Mm-hmm. Swatch Hogwarts Abhyan, right, as I would like to call it, was basically to poop in your pants and then wave your wand at yourself. 
That was what worked instead of a flush. Wow, that suddenly makes Tom Marvolo Riddle look so much less cool. Those pants. You know, I'm also thinking of those Elizabethan pants, which had those ballooning quality. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so tell me something. You've read all the books? I've read all the books. I've seen all the movies up until, well, I've seen the first eight movies. But I've been completely divorced from the Potterverse after that. So I have no idea what goes on in the background or where these backstories come from or, you know, who's kissing whom in a Johnny Depp, Jude Law, Clinch. Lock. Yeah. In in a movie, uh, I, I was so dissatisfied with the books uh, by the end of them that I took refuge in Harry Potter fandom. So now... Now here's the thing. Fan fiction is one of the best things that the internet has ever given a cradle to. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think the Harry Potter fan fiction world was particularly rich and wonderful. Because there was so much to set right. Right. <laughs> like Remus and Sirius. Now, you have issues with what has happened to them in the books. And you know what? I'm not even mad about that. But really, there's so much else to be mad about. You fooled me because you just stood up on the bed when <laughs> you were talking about them being married. Just saying. Look, it's fine. I'm very happy for them in whichever fanfic writer's universe they're they're married in. But what a waste of characters. And, you know, what a sense of illogic and chaos overruling the whole universe when you go from, like, the contained, kind of elegant universes of the first three books mm. into these big shaggy dog screenplays that are essentially written because you get the sense that she's churning writing them out. She's churning them out yeah. so that they can be made into adaptations. So there are two things. So initially, I think the whole setup of uh, Harry Potter's world was actually very beautifully done. It kind of, I remember reading the first couple of books and being actually reminded of Roald Dahl. Because, you know, Harry Potter lives in a closet closet with his uncle and aunt. Right, because he's gay. That right. was it. Come on, you know right. that was going on. So now Hermione's his beard? <laughs> There's just I, nothing that works out for Oh, did girl. you read the part of the fanfic where Harry and Hermione got together? Because that's not what happened in the book. What? <laughs> it did happen in the books. Did it not? That last cursed child <laughs> thing. Did it not? Um, no, realistically speaking, the books started off really well. Okay. There's Harry Potter. He's a boy. He's in a closet because he has horrible... No, not because he's gay, but because he has horrible family. And it's very dull-like in its setup, right? Mm-hmm. Where Roald Dahl's kiddie fiction almost always has children who are preternaturally talented, gifted in different ways, but whose families don't understand them. And that's not the end of the world because there are strangers and there are outsiders who will you know, appreciate you and give you a home. And it's it's very life-affirming in a very weirdly dark sense. Absolutely. And there's something marvelous about, um, you know, the, the illogic and the disunities of this universe coming together to create something really vibrant and mm. you know, richly imaginative, which is what happens, for example, in comic books. Yes. Right? Which try to make a point through stories that don't always make sense, but that you go along with because you're interested both in seeing what the point is, and mm. in the characters. So I think in the first three books, basically until The Prisoner of Azkaban, I think the Potterverse was building quite beautifully. Mm. And then, which is also when the books really exploded internationally, I think J.K.R. decided she needed to be literary. And the way to do that was to start killing characters off. Mm. So it begins with Sirius going, 
poof mm. long before he okay not in the fanfic not in the fanfic <laughs> right um i just leered at supriya but anyway <laughs> uh that's what sirius does to me um i actually did a fanfic on sirius did you know that where sirius uh, is brought back to life as a film reviewer we'll I'm be including a link to that no we will not but i'll send page. it to you <laughs> but okay um so the idea of making the hero lose his father figure uh as a, almost like a rite of passage is a well established tradition yeah. classic campbell stuff right mm. except it happened way too soon with sirius like long before uh harry and sirius had actually been able to develop that kind of bond they just about started to have this uh relationship that's not awkward he's dead mm then one after the other they just keep dying in book after book and dumbledore to died way before he needed to so she has to bring him back with like god knows what yeah cuz every father figure has some kind of unfinished story that you have to then slog through in the next book um i i just for a series that is so obsessed with death and it is i completely understand the choice to have tough things happen to your child character hmm. um kind of happened really cheaply though in the jkr universe and so by the end of it when we came to deathly hallows i couldn't quite care about who lived and who died which turned out really well because <laughs> apparently almost everyone did die did you watch the films i yeah i've watched uh, i've watched all the films except the new ones that are like called well those are not uh i mean the cops whatever family cops <laughs> whatever they're dragons right there is one dragon in one of them i feel if we have to talk about the animals in the fantastic beast series fantastic beast that's, that's what it's called that's the one you were looking for it is the niffler that deserves so much love okay because it's so cute and the nifflers are the ones that go around looking for jewelry right yeah shiny things okay. essentially mm. adorable and the new film the best thing about the new film is that there are small nifflers the worst thing about the new film is that well it's bad mm. um but leaving that tiny detail aside i think it's become more and more obvious that jkr and potter are just milking this for all it's worth yeah and they can do that particularly you know to get to the heart of why we decided to devote an episode to this because honestly we don't care if you like or hate harry potter everyone can like or hate whatever they like about you know literature in the world today but it exercises this humongous influence yeah. on people and so the sense that there is a hunger for more knowledge about this universe because of fans who love it so much that they kind of want to live in it and live by its rules uh, has created a situation in which it appears that uh, you know it's now some a kind of endless gravy train for people who want to make money out of telling you that uh, you know dumbledore was gay or which is great for him um you know wish he'd found like a nice boyfriend mm. uh, or that wizards shit themselves the other part of harry potter that that you know it's a double edged sword because on one hand this feature is frustrating about the world of potter but it has led to very good things outside of the world of potter is the tokenism mm. okay no right you mean like throwing a sock at a slave to free them that's just cruel that's not tokenism the tokenism is having that one asian character who will have one line and nothing else to do right right yeah um, and who turns out to be a bad kisser yeah i mean come on dude we have that we are out. great kissers thank you yeah so yeah there was a huge amount of tokenism hmm. in the potter world 
everybody's actually like anybody who's important is white mm. uh anybody who is downtrodden is not white <laughs> as it turns out right and the not white characters tend to hinge on some pretty unsavory stereotypes yeah. oh you're like a greedy banker mm, mm. you have a hooked nose and like greasy hair and you're hair. a goblin <laughs> yep you're a goblin not jewish but uh, you know just saying horrible right Yikes. um and in the years that have followed uh jkr hasn't actually helped the situation like when the crimes of grindelwald the most recent fantastic beasts film that came out in 2018 so it's not called fumbly cops is what you're saying <laughs> no it's not it's not it's not called fumbly cops but i do hope you write that film miss now um okay so in the trailer of crimes of grindelwald we saw nagini All right, Nagini plays a pretty important role in the Potter books. Mm-hmm. She's the snake mm-hmm. that uh is also Voldemort's bestie. Yeah. Pet. She's his familiar type thing. Mm-hmm. Um so we find out in The Crimes of Grindelwald that Nagini is actually an Asian woman. What? Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. But Nagini is an Asian woman, but she's a snake. She's actually Shri Devi. Let's just be clear. I would the accept that. The best Nagin in the planet <laughs> is Sri Devi. I would accept that if it meant that Nagini got to eat everybody and go home and like fuck Rishi Kapoor in peace. Why did we have to have that image? Why? Why did I have to have that image? Thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, just... <laughs> no that does not happen, but not just that. That is not the only thing that does not happen. JKR went out into the world and said the reason Nagini is Asian particularly a Chinese looking woman uh-huh. actually a Korean looking woman but she thought uh, this one looked Chinese is because Nagini is taken from and I quote Indonesian mythology now there are very few moments in my life when I have totally sounded like a Hindu right winger but this was one of them when I was like madam we did it first <laughs> Cousin Nagini did. is ours. Yeah, Nagini is ours. We did export that to the rest of Asia. So would it be right to say this was a moment in which you looked at JKR and said, "Main teri dushman, dushman tu mera." Cue in the song. <laughs> <laughs> Without the shimmy. Hey, engineer it in, na? <laughs> so anyway, so this stuff, hmm. it has it's done nothing like basically the Oh di- my god, it's so bad and it just sounds so boring. <laughs> I I wish I'd never heard this. Okay, basically the diversity in Harry Potter is a problem. But but mm. it has inspired really good stuff. That's true. It feels like this the whole category of young adult literature that has now sprung up over the last 20 years in some ways is a reaction both to JKR's success and to the stuff that she got like weirdly wrong in reaction her books, right? and inspiration. Like mm-hmm. if you look at stuff that Rick Riordan has written, mm-hmm. for example, and he's a favorite of mine, mm. He is very clearly inspired by Harry Potter when he wrote the Percy Jackson series. Mm-hmm. He's then gone on to write three sets of books, one four sets of books actually. Uh one is based on Egyptian mythology, one is based on Roman mythology, there's Percy Jackson and Greek mythology, there's a Norse mythology series which is my personal favorite. And with every series and this is a contrast to JKR because Riordan's books have also become very successful mm-hmm. he could absolutely have been doing the same thing again and again right instead literally with every series he brings in different elements that are non-white non-mainstream and are pushing you to look at the world in a more expansive way so for example his 
most recent series, which is about Norse mythology, includes a devout Muslim woman who is also a Valkyrie, mm-hmm. just by the way. There is a character in there who is gender fluid. And it's not like he puts it across as something that's exotic. Never. Mm-hmm. Neither does he make the mistake of saying, that. well, we don't even need to talk about this at all. Just accept it and move on. Mm. It's done so cleverly and respectfully in a way that you start looking around and saying, oh, yeah, why not? This is a feeling that I never got while reading Harry Potter. Which is, among other things, essentially artificial. And perhaps what made it good and, you know, Roald Dahl-esque in, in the first few books, which was this slightly absurd sense, the sense of a narrator who was who was sitting kind of at odds with, hmm. you know, with the story itself and, and who was a kind of clever commentator on the series, just ended up not working out when the big issues really came into play at all. Kind of a literary failure. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go look up Rick Riordan. The Norse Mythology series, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. But tell me something, if you did have to pick one of the Harry Potter books mm. to recommend to somebody... Which would it be? You know, the one I like is the one everyone hates or the one everyone likes least. I think The Chamber of Secrets is genuinely a good book. I thought it was beautifully plotted. I thought the idea of a diary, you mm. know, sucking your soul up. I mean, great. She couldn't have known that it was going to be like an amazing metaphor for social media, mm. but, but it turned out to be one. And, you, you know, I was actually invested in the final fight. There was like a scary snake, not Nagini, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe, you know, some other, maybe Madhuri trapped in the body of some mythical creature. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> my head is now scrambled uh, you, uh, you know fighting these children really worked for me what about you? I'm very standard I think in this for me it's Prisoner of Azkaban mm. um, it's also my favourite film yeah beautifully by the uh, way truly visionary filmmaker you yeah. know can take this material and make it gold and that's how you do it Alfonso Cuaron's uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is by far the only good film in that series so far But uh, as a book as well, I just felt like it hit all the right spots for kids fiction. Mm. You know, it was really well plotted. It was really well plotted. You didn't know how it was going to pan out right from the beginning, which you tend to know with a lot of books. So it it was very enjoyable. And at the end of the day, we look at children's fiction to give us a sense of resolution and hope. Right. But not in a way that's simplistic. Mm. And that's what Harry Potter at its best did manage to do but unfortunately for me at least it did too little which is why we've ended up with this sprawling series and a whole episode devoted to expressing our love for this sprawling series yeah don't read it don't watch the films if you're going to do one of the two I'd say read the books and don't watch the films always on that happy note we will be back with more lit picking and nitpicking soon thank you Miss Nair This is a Made in India production. The editorial producers are May Thomas and Sean Phantom. Shania Subramanian is our producer and the assistant producer is Janam Devan. These episodes are edited by Vijay Doifade and recorded by Adriel George, as well as the Island City Studio. Our theme music is Here's to You by the Easy Wanderlings. <laughs>